You are supernal, heavenly, celestial, divine. What are ancestors? 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 You want to answer that? No, I'm looking at you. I'm asking the question. Your segue into what ancestors are is a lot smoother than mine. So keep going. That's because I've done more ancestral work. Okay, well, that's why I'm passing the ball to you. Keep going. What are ancestors? What are they? Ancestors are relative energies that play a very important role upon your spiritual life journey. They are your connections when it comes to genealogical bloodlines, like a great-grandmother, great-grandfather, etc. They can also be relatives, those that are close energies to your family, people that really had an important mark upon your life or upon the way in which you chose to grow and accomplish your mission in life. These energies can actually be spiritual allies even. These can be animal totems that come to you in dreams or various synchronistic measures in your life plant medicine that assists you maybe accomplishing not having a breakdown in asthma or helping your respiratory system or a particular food that is just super yummy to you and all the people in your family line. So food can be an ancestor? Yeah, well, food is a part of a plant. Mm. So that's a plant medicine. And yeah, it could be a food like corn, which is a food, but corn has been used in indigenous ways from the shuck to the sea, <laughs> I mean, they have used everything. We don't use food like we used to. We don't use animals like we used to, you know, the the pelt, the, the intestines. People just want to cut a ribeye and then that's it. But people will use the bone and the bone marrow and et cetera. My point is it can be animal totems. It can be energetic weather patterns or particular storms that may cause a particular spark of consciousness, etc. You know, um, but it can be relative energies that are synchronistically woven into the life lessons that support your mission in this lifetime and that have actually been in some kind of way an ally to those that you are spiritually akin to or that you're spiritually connected to. So it sounds like you're saying an ancestor could be really anything, any aspect of creation, whether it's tangible, untangible, um, organic, non-organic, so that means trees, elements, birds, planets, weather, fire, planets, all of that. Any aspect of creation that serves to support your life mission and that has an interesting connection to support the incarnation and life mission or life purpose of those in your spiritual kindred to those that you have a family tie with spiritually, not just bloodlines. Yeah. And I think also the the prayer of the Native Americans to all my relations comes to mind, because even in their prayers, they are not just acknowledging those who have had a human existence, but those that have been instrumental in creating the world and creating creation 
in sustaining the celestial balance, finding a way in their life, whether it's with their clothes and what they wear or their prayers or even how they wear their hair or how they speak to give homage to their ancestors or their predecessors who have either helped those that have come before them directly or assist in sustaining life as it is today. So ancestors, in a nutshell, is really creation. It's like all aspects of creation that has nurtured your existence. We just as humans, a lot of times when we say to our ancestors, are seemingly only referring to ancestors that have had a physical body. And it goes way beyond that. Yeah, I think it's synchronistic energies that we have a strong relativity or relationship with that support and also that kind of embraces us as we go through our life mission. How can they help us? 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 How can they How do ancestors benefit? So, what was the question you asked? How do ancestors benefit? I think that they can benefit us in a myriad of ways. Some of the ways that they've benefited me personally is um, serving as kind of like road openers. Like at one point I needed a job and it was like really short notice. And I was doing some petitions to my ancestors. Nothing super spectacular, really. I just lit a candle and told them about my day and some of the people in my life. And the room wasn't even like super situated because we were in the process of moving. But um, I found a job very quickly, very shortly after that, like to the point to where I called up to the place and the woman was like, well, the manager's right here. He wants to talk to you. And I had an interview like the next week. It was like really, it was really like um, instantaneous. And I never had the idea to even venture in that direction. What direction? The direction of applying for the job that I went to apply for until I did a few petitions to my ancestors. I was looking in a, in a different direction like altogether. Did you ask your ancestors for employment or for help with employment? Just for help. Just for oh. help. Just to just for like some insight. Not to like uh, to pay for it, but like, yeah, give me some help. I'm looking for something, something I would enjoy. I don't really necessarily know exactly what that would be. At least that's kind of where I was at the time. I wanted to do something where I could be of service and I just asked for some insight. And I saw a couple of things at the altar and stuff, but nothing that was like, yes, do this. It was more an impulse of thought that came to me and I followed through with it and it ended with me. Having a job. Mm Mm-hmm. But I also think ancestors can provide a bit of protection, a bit of guidance, and even like comfort. Like sometimes when people leave, you being aware that they are still there in some sense, I think it mean a lot. I've never had, I'll just be honest, I've never had an ancestral moment where I was doing a rite on the altar to the ancestors and like something, boom, happened. Oh, really? Except, I mean, I've had stuff like that happen, but it wasn't at the altar. When my Aunt Elizabeth, Aunt Lizzie passed away, she came to me in my dreams and it was no mistake that that was her. Mm -hmm. She was very present. And she looked beautiful, and she told me to forgive my mother. Mm. And I'll never forget it because I didn't even know that she had passed away because my mother didn't tell me. Mm. And this is a knot that was on that side of the family that was really the only kind of association or connection that I had very closely. She was like a grandmother for me. Mm. 
And I called my mother shortly after because we were not talking. We were not super close at that time. We were just not in communication. And I called, though, and said, um, you know, how are you? The regular stuff. And then I said, no. I didn't even tell her about the dream mm. because I knew that my mom would not be, yo, tell me about the dream. She wouldn't have given a damn about that stuff. <laughs> she wouldn't have cared. But um, I said, and how's Aunt Lizzie? Like as a common mm. passing nonchalant question. You ain't telling me you had a dream. Hell no. Oh wow. Cause she she's Catholic and mm. she didn't believe. When I told her I was going out of my body and having my first out of body experiences, and I, Mom, I think I'm dying at night. She was like, Girl, you know, you have such a major imagination. <laughs> go back to your room and go to sleep. Oh, so man. yeah, no, I didn't tell her. I saw Aunt Lizzie. I'm pretty certain she's dead. Mm-hmm. But I said, You know, how's Aunt Lizzie? And she was like, Deceased. And I was like, well, damn. Damn, that's what she said? Yeah. Damn. But anyway, my point, and on Lizzie's point, <laughs> to forgive my mama. <laughs> so, so that was a benefit because I'm still working on the forgiveness of my link with my blood mama, you know? Yeah. So they can help with ancestral trauma. You can say curses or blockages and things like that. And they can come to you in a variety of ways. Sometimes it is super vivid like something like that. Sometimes it's a really strong emotion. I know. Obviously, they help you get your money up and help you get jobs too. <laughs> and and I've 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 actually heard a couple of uh, priests say that um, a lot of the things that I do that I should ask my ancestors more to assist because it can make it easier. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you do things the hard way, but they'll support you because it's you. So they'll support you. They want you to succeed. But there's an easier way to get what you're trying to do like in life you know like career-wise financial-wise otherwise you know what I mean it's like but you got to ask them for help and I always thought that was interesting because I was like I'm making I'm making it harder it could be easier so (laughs) I like to think of at least before I found out that you could um, connect with ancestors with altars or by making them food or giving them offerings and things of that nature I first actually came across the notion of ancestors when I was exploring spirit guides and stuff like that. And people described them. I like this description. They were like, it's almost like a a first line of defense spiritually. Some beings and entities don't want to help you and others do want to help you. And then there's some that are personally invested in you and your ancestors are like your agents. They are personally invested in your success by all means Mm -hmm. and whatever it is that you're trying to do, especially if, if it's in alignment with, you know, what you've come for so i like to think of them as those that will help you know like regardless there are some spiritual traditions in africa that say all of us have a revered ancestor mm. that is like a guardian angel that stays with us and that is specifically invested in assisting us and supporting us in accomplishing our life mission yeah i think the priestess referred to them as the head gede the head uh, gede ancestor that's past, that's kind of like a, um, I don't want to say a chaperone, or like a, um, a guardian spirit. And what's cool and kind of validates that is when other people in my family have gotten readings from totally different people in different parts of the world, they've all mentioned the same person as being present or being around or observing the conversation. 
So I think it's very real. And she is the same person that appeared to me when I was looking for a job. She's the same person that appeared in front of my altar. And um, I don't it's remember. It's also confirmed in a reading for you, I think, at one point, too. Yeah, and I think it's like that for everybody. Even if you haven't gotten readings and, readings yeah. and you, you don't even know who your ancestors are, that is not really as important as it may seem. All you really have to do is have a honest desire to really want to connect with your predecessors that have an investment to you and for lack of better words you can call them your ancestors and if you if you make an effort they really want to be remembered not necessarily worshipped or prayed to or anything like that but they want to be remembered so yeah yeah and i mean i know for my first situation in connecting with the ancestors again i wasn't even in the let's have an altar let's say these prayers i just had Someone that passed on that came to me in my dreams, in my in my slumber. And then later was able to be confirmed that it was an ancestor that she had passed. So I think when we work and put intention behind it, we can be even more receptive to their assistance. And, and that direction. Yeah. Yes, because we've, we've had clients that have had people messing with them magically and they really wasn't into magic and are messing with them from afar for some reason or another. And they were instructed via divination to create an ancestral altar and the attack stopped. Remember? Yeah. All the problems stopped. And there's been a couple of people like that. The point being is that they can be... Major guiding factors for us spiritually. Yeah, and can provide a myriad of benefits from assisting you in your career to also providing protection spiritually and mundane. And I know they have a host of other benefits, helping you tap into hidden talents, helping you tap into the wealth of what has come through your line, even if you have forgotten. It can get really deep and super metamystical if you like. But at the very least, you can have a friend in your corner that you can connect to in this world or the other in a way to where they can have a really, really real and positive impact on your well-being. Just to name a few. Okay. Yeah. So the ancestors are all of our relatives, all of our relationships with creation, various entities, our ancestors are all of the relationships that we have with life and various aspects of life. The Native American perspective of ancestors are all of the relationships that we have that are biological or that are of creation. So this can be totems, this can be stones, this can be the wind, this can be a particular season that speaks to you and that you have a connection or relationship with in some kind of way. This is a relationship, this is a relative, this is an ancestor. What is the strangest ancestral aspect that you've ever gotten in contact with? Oh, I will have to say two. They say I'm a daughter of Oshun, and there was a time where, before I went to Copan, <laughs> um, all of these butterflies came to my doorstep, literally, and died. And I didn't understand. And they weren't just dead. They were dying. Monarch. Yeah. A monarch butterfly, which is a particular totem of Oshun. 
And the sick butterflies. Mind you, I'm not a bug person, even if it is beautiful. Beautiful like a monarch butterfly. But these mugs were like half winged and hurt. And they would come to my, literally to my doorstep. I'm walking in and I'm like, what is this thing at the door? I'm trying to open up the door so I can come in. And I can't because there's this butterfly. I go inside, I come back out and it hasn't moved. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I, I did this, put it on my altar. And it decided to stay alive enough on my altar and died. And then, like, literally maybe less than a week or so later, another monarch butterfly in particular decided to do the same thing. So, like, this happened, like, maybe about two or three times? It was, like, three or four times. Oh, three or four? Okay, I'm shortening it. It was, like, unmistakable because <laughs> it was the same type of butterfly. That was weird. What? <laughs> Especially since I'm not an insect person. How do you think think that that helped you? Well, the other thing, I didn't really totally know. I just thought it was weird as, you know, weird AF. But then there was a period of time where I was doing this major magical work and blessing these rocks and doing just some magic stuff and hailing Oshun. And the butterfly... Out of the blue, a monarch butterfly decided, I think it was a monarch, yeah, um, decided to just plant itself at the window. Total different house, y'all. Decided to plant itself at the window right at the altar space where I was doing my magical working. That could not be denied. So after a while, I thought, one, this is, um, I just felt like it was a connection with Oshun. It was a connection with butterfly totemic medicine about being open to transformation, that I was an agent of such transformation. Still unfolding because, you know, as I continue to live, more um, synchronicities come about and the relevance becomes maybe deeper. But that was strange for me because I've never been an insect person and butterflies are cool and all. And I always had like an affinity for it in jewelry and shit, <laughs> but not the actual thing. So that was, that was one lighter kind of oddity. And then the second oddity that was darker was when I went to Copan, there was very present in my dreaming, a presence of a woman that showed me magically. She was from the other side. She trained me how to take the fetuses from aborted babies or from babies that miscarried to help them transition in the heavens to the other side. And that was, that was weird. That was strange. Because I didn't go to, I didn't go out of the country to be like, let me meet this dark energy, you know, this dark priestess energy from the other side to train me how to transmute, to um, take energies of children that were not fully carried to term and help them pass on to the light. It was interesting. But how it helped me was my work later on with a bunch of women. It helped me understand how I can help women literally pass on the energies of their children that they had not carried to term and be okay with that. 
and go through those through those rights, which is actually one of the rights that I had to do myself when I did not carry a baby fully to term and et cetera, et cetera. That's all another story. But those are the two most oddest and profound, although I've had, you know, my life is some Harry Potter shit. So <laughs> I have a lot of interesting ancestral, other side, otherworldly connections. But those are two. Cool. Thanks for sharing. What about you? Do you have one odd one? No, not as odd as that. It doesn't have to be as odd. Um, no, nothing really cool. It doesn't have to be cool. Remember when, when those hands reached out? Yeah. Talk about that. That, that was interesting and weird AF. Well, I don't really know how that helped me. It was just like an experience. I just saw some shit. I don't know how <laughs> I don't totally know how dying butterflies helped. <laughs> okay. I mean, it was right before you went to Copan. You you had to go by yourself. You had to do it differently than you've done it before. I, I didn't... I just kind of met you around that time. Or I haven't known you for very long. And you went out the country by yourself. And had to deal with all of that. The... Go hiking through the woods and all the other crazy stuff <laughs> that you ended up doing and found a way to complete it. So I think the butterfly was maybe talking about all the ways in which you would be transformed, all the ways in which you would die, especially a monarch butterfly. It's like if nobody knows any butterfly, they know the monarch butterfly. So it was it's probably like a really major symbol in your life and maybe... As gentle as the butterfly was and flexible as it was, it was showing you that you could be gentle and flexible as well. What's interesting is when I was in Copan, I carried that butterfly all the way through customs from the U.S. to Honduras (laughs) and burnt its body in the sacred fire of our right when we were in Copan. See, there you go. See, now it all comes together. I mean, but it didn't you know, signal to me from the other side, burn me at the fires and go by. <laughs> it didn't do that. It ain't always like that. Oh, it's okay. Just, <laughs> sometimes it's just like a gentle nudge that you feel. And you sometimes you choose to do it and sometimes you don't. But it's just not always, you know, something coming from the sky to tell you that you're about to have an immaculate conception in order for it to be, like, magical or angelic or ancestral or anything like that. I feel you. Thanks for sharing your stories. Thanks for allowing me to share. All right. And if you think we were sleeping, baby, you better be keeping your eyes on lips. You might miss my flight.